It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And uh, to help us learn a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles, he's the host of Bleeding Green Nation Radio on WIP Philadelphia. We welcome in for the first time John Barchard of Philadelphia WIP. John, thanks for your time. We appreciate it on a, on a game day. Uh, why would the Eagles trade Carson Wentz's BFF? That's that's the question I have because you know you probably could have had given Buffalo another receiver. Why give the Bills Matthews? Well, you know, it, the, I don't think anybody's going to be able to get over the heartbreak of, of Jordan Matthews. That's certainly what it felt like. There were a lot of Eagles fans, even some beat reporters, uh, throughout the last five or six days here. To be honest, I think it's a slam dunk trade for really both organizations. I mean, I, I look at it as okay, Jordan Matthews is a throw in for the Bills. And let's just see what happens in an expiring contract. The third round pick is, is is really where the meat of it is, I think, for the Bills. And I think that you know, who, who knows with the Bills in the front office, as you guys know, that uh, you never want to give too much faith to kind of anybody in there. But it looks like they're heading in the right direction. They're accumulating a lot of picks, so uh, I, I think this works out great. Now, I mean, from my perspective, I, I've always viewed Jordan Matthews as an average wide receiver who is on a team full of really historically bad wide receivers and that's not that's not a, uh, a a hyperbole or anything like that i think that's just just the truth of what you know between sam bradford being here two years ago and carson Wentz last year it's just it's been pretty bad so a lot of the production goes to jordan matthews he's a guy to me that i don't think can really play him on the outside and it looks like the bills are going to try and fit him in there and oddly enough i was very high on Zay jones coming out of the the draft this year, I thought he would be a great replacement for Jordan Matthews because I think his hands are a lot better. I think there's a tiny bit more separation uh, that he could create uh, for the Bills. And then they sign Anquan Bolden all, all together. So in reality, I look at the Bills roster and I go, well, that's, that's three slot receivers yeah. that are all trying to play, you know, outside, inside, and whatever. And I think that's what Jordan Matthews is. I think he's a great wide receiver three uh, possession guy. Um, but I, I really don't see any any style of his that can warrant you know playing outside more than maybe 50, 60 snaps a, a year. I, I look at him as a transitional guy in between and, and trying to steal snaps away from you know uh, Philly Brown, who's our, our good friend of ours, and, <laughs> and 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 Jordan Matthews and things like that. So 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect uh, there, but uh, uh, certainly the I think the what the Eagles need is an upgraded corner immediately. Uh, Darby does that for them, and and I think it was a great move for both organizations. John Barchard is on the Eagles Radio Network pregame show, also the host of Bleeding Green Nation Radio and WIP Philadelphia, our guest here in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on ESPN Rochester. John, last year at this time, we were praising Eagles GM Howie Roseman. Wow, what a deal. He got a first-rounder for Sam Bradford, and now <laughs> this year I get the sense that some Eagles fans may be looking at the deal that just occurred last week and be thinking, what is this guy doing? Why would they make that move? Now, why would they get rid of Jordan Matthews? Why would they give up a draft pick? Has has the fan base in Philadelphia turned on their new GM? No, in fact, I, I would say it's mostly positive. To be honest, I think there's uh, they they know what's going on in the secondary. Look, they drafted Sidney Jones. He's not going to play this year, but there's a lot of high hopes for him when he does recover and hopefully kind of take over in a in a CB one type of role. You have Razul Douglas, who's the other kid from uh, you know West Virginia that was a third-round pick who's looked good in camp. Um, and then Jalen Mills, who's was a seventh-round selection coming out of LSU last year, um, who I, you know I, I, I view more as a CB3. I think that he is uh, uh, mentally he's definitely all there. He's got a very competitive head, um, but he's got to keep things in front of him. I don't think he has that type of speed to, to kind of come up and, and, and make up for his mistakes, unlike – Darby, who's that, and you, and you guys know definitely that that four three eight speed is for real, where you can kind of adjust on those mistakes. And the Eagles really didn't have that, and they signed Patrick Robinson, who's been to the Colts, who's been to the Saints, and let me tell you, he's not good. So uh, <laughs> there is going into this, everybody's going into shock about like, okay, Razul can take his lumps, but man, oh man, are they really just? There is no talent at the corner position right now, and nothing that you could go into and say. I feel good about such and such being CB1 or CB2, and it's a waste of two really good safeties in this league. The waste of, of you know Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, who can't really be safeties. They end up having to be slot guys, and that's what affected this defense going into it last season. It became one-dimensional after like a really hot start. Like you got their you know their their slot corner got injured, and then that was pretty much it. The depth wasn't there anymore. Which um, I, I know that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I was just going to ask you, which one, uh, in regards to Carson Wentz, John, which Carson Wentz are we really getting here? Because here's a Carson Wentz last year that started off really well, and by the end of the year, statistically, he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. Was it a matter of rookie wall? Was it a matter of lack of weapons? What's the expectation for Carson Wentz here, year number two? I think it's a combination of just everything. You know, they, they, were, they were able to protect him early on, uh, the running game was effective. You know, you had Ryan Matthews who was who was healthy, and when Ryan Matthews is healthy, that it's a good thing. But he he's not healthy. <laughs> so uh, when when you're trying to just put together uh, some semblance of a running back core when he's injured, that doesn't that doesn't help too much. You have one of the best right tackles in Lane Johnson become the largest idiot on earth, and the NFLPA doesn't help him out, and he gets suspended. Uh, for PED use for 10 games. So that's out. Uh, and again, uh, I'm not making this up. They had one of the worst wide receiving cores I've ever seen run through this Philadelphia town ever last season. And you're just sitting here going like, wow, there's a lot of things wrong with this team. Uh, they, they switched over a bunch of things uh, defensively, so uh, there there wasn't a lot to help out, along with just Carson, just not his mechanics were bad last year. I mean, they, you know, they would be there and then they would be gone. That's why you always saw... 
you know, uh, high throws and weird interceptions at times and missing wide open guys to, you know, uh, uh, here and there. And I think it was just part rookie Wally through more than, than any other rookie in NFL history. So there's, there's a lot of different factors that are going into that. And that's not to make an excuse for Carson Wentz either. I mean, he, he has his own issues, but, uh, I think there was a lot of, a lot of things piled on. As you mentioned, you know, Sam Bradford is no longer the starter. It's, <laughs> seven days before the season starts right. and then okay kid here you go you're you're taking all the reps so um i think there's a there's a little bit of a, a difference in a, in a large jump as far as feeling comfortable just from otas and training camp and what we've seen uh, down there so far so everybody's very anxious to kind of see what happens in year two for carson one john barchard is the host of the bgn radio podcast you can download that anywhere you would download a bo- uh, podcast uh john you mentioned ryan matthews who the eagles released as soon as he was announced healthy um you got legarrett blunt in the off season the argument could be made that legarrett blunt hasn't been anything when he's not wearing a new england patriots uniform talk about the eagles run game and expectations for this season with uh with what they have there outside of legarrett blunt I was uh, I was pretty disappointed that in a in a draft class that had probably never featured the type of talent that this had for the Eagles and it was in a, a definitely a need uh, that they waited till the fifth round to go grab one uh, and that was a guy in Donnell Pumphrey who um, I, I, you know has a lot of lot of great uh, you know maneuverability and action and you can see him as a punt return you can see him as uh, possibly a leading back later on down the road but. Uh, there's still no real bell cow here. I think that's why they went and went, okay, let's get LeGarrette Blunt in here, and we're going to do the running back by committee thing, which I absolutely hate. Uh, so, I, I, and it's going to be, again, I don't expect LeGarrette Blunt to run more than 130 times, 139 times uh, during the season. And if you see more than that, I would be absolutely stunned and shocked because they are probably going to use him in, in just situational roles, close yardage situations, goal lines, uh, you know, maybe they'll mix it up and do some different things here, but this team's still going to pass a lot. And uh, I don't know if that's the best way to go about it, but that's certainly the, the way that they are. Um, I, I think there there are some things about Garrett Blunt which have been a little overblown. Sure, he had a ton of carries last year, but most of those when when Brady was out and he's playing guy, with guys like Jacoby Percet and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo there for him, so they leaned on him heavy during those and tapered off towards the end of the season. I don't think it's really going to affect it, but you can definitely tell that he's doing the the veteran steps out there. Maybe he's enjoying the low main uh, throughout summer here. He's not really hitting the hole that hard, but we'll have to see. I- I'm more concerned about the offensive line and-, and that middle. It was a problem last year. Uh, they haven't uh, really done anything in their first preseason game to make you uh, a little more comfortable with that, but uh, I guess it'll be a good test against that, uh, that Buffalo Bills front tonight. Hey, John, just because you mentioned it, can we dig a little bit deeper on Pumphrey? Because I, I think what's interesting about mm-hmm. him, if I'm not mistaken, he was the uh, all-time leading rusher in college football, was he not? I mean, for yards, he's got more yards uh, rushing than than anybody else in the history of college football. Stature-wise, not a big guy, but you know, could you see him as maybe the heir apparent to Darren Sproles' role in that Eagles offense? Oh, absolutely. I think that's part of the reason why they, they drafted him. And, you know, Darren's got one more year left here. He's basically said he's going to retire after this. And uh, and I could see that. And it's odd to me that it's in San Diego State, and not only with the yards, but also just the yards after contact was something incredibly ridiculous. I think it was about 64% of his yards were after contact. So he can take a hit uh, because, you know, you look at a small guy, you're like, oh, he's going to get knocked over. He's a skeptic or whatever. Uh, not really true for this guy, but 
Uh, oddly enough, they didn't use him as a punt returner. He wasn't used a ton in the passing game in San Diego State. Uh, and that's what the Eagles want to prepare him for. And he's struggling with that. He's that, you know, he's had, had a little bit of the fumbles, had a little bit of, uh, of some, of some muff punts and things like that. So uh, I think eventually he will be a very good playmaker. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of guys that were very high on him coming out of the draft. Uh, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see. And he needs to kind of bounce back here because there's still some shuffling going wrong uh, along the lines of the, the running back depth here for the Eagles. John Barchard host of Bleeding Green Nation Radio, WIP Philadelphia, our guest here in the Sports Bar, 95.7 ESPN. John, we're still in a honeymoon phase up here in Buffalo with Sean McDermott, new head coach, hasn't done anything wrong yet. He got fired in Philadelphia, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts and just figure out what exactly happened back then. And I'm also curious about Juan Castillo, because when he was in Philadelphia, they kind of moved him all over the place, and here he is again in Buffalo (laughs) now uh, coaching the offensive line. What can you tell us about these two former coordinators in Philadelphia? Guys, i got to tell you, that was probably one of the worst parts of Eagles history is when they were there, and it's really not either one of their fault. Uh, it, It was... It was a crazy time. It was like a dream team, and hmm. you know there there was a lot of players that didn't like Sean McDermott that were on that defense that were absolute fans of Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson had just passed away, so there was a lot of mixed feelings and mixed emotions that were happening through there. I think he got unfairly fired by Andy because he kind of saw the the writing on the wall that was going on there. And then for some god weird awful reason, they made Juan Castillo the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. That was the weirdest thing that I think has ever occurred for a guy who was an absolute superstar at coaching the offensive line and being a part of that scheme. He suddenly just went over to the defensive side of the ball there. I think, uh, especially Juan Castillo, I still have an amazing respect for him and the way he coaches, and I think that's uh, a no-brainer for Sean. I'm not sure Sean McDermott, the head coach, and what he's going to be, though. I, you know, as as much as I say he was he was treated unfairly while he was here, I'm not exactly sure what he did in Carolina. You know, like that's 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 still Riverboat Ron running his stuff, and I haven't seen Sean McDermott and what he does quite yet. But I, you know, that you talk to guys in Hall of Famer Ray Dinger, who's who's always around these parts. I was talking to him yesterday. He really loves Sean, and he's still he, he even then he's still unsure. of if he's going to be a great head coach, I think that he's been pumped up a lot in Philadelphia. There was a lot of reasons why, uh, or a lot of questions as why he didn't get a, uh, an interview look when they hired Peterson. But uh, for some odd reason, that's uh, I, I, I'm not exactly sure why. It's kind of up in the air because we don't we don't know what Sean is, uh, and there was he was treated unfairly while he was here. But uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't ever think he was going to be a great head coach, but. I'm I'm happy to be wrong if it uh, if it makes your guys' uh, life a little happier up there. <laughs> There's another guy up here. It seems there's so many connections between these two teams. But the last time, yeah, yeah, well, the last time Buffalo played in Philadelphia, we had our running back get on the ground and kiss the Eagles logo. Okay, that 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 was a little <laughs> weird. Shady McCoy, is there still a love Eagles fans have for this guy to this day? I would say yes, and uh, and he probably gets uh, brought up more than Deshaun Jackson, or at least it's a tie at this point with all the you know supposed Chip Kelly turmoil. Man, that was a weird game too because they the Eagles somehow ended up squeaking that thing out. But uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people in this, especially now. You know, when we were talking about Legarrette Blunt and the the four running backs, it'd be a lot easier just to stick with Sean McCoy 
in there and just say, you know, go go do your thing. Um, and and that's the thing. LaShawn was was weird in Philly. Like, we all love the play on the field, but he got into so much dumb stuff that was <laughs> around the city, whether it was, you know, not tipping a waitress and that blowing up on social media and all the, all the weird fights, even when he was in Buffalo and he was still kind of hanging out in Philly. He's not that, you know, warm, fuzzy type of guy. He's, he's a very much cash and carry type of dude. And, and that sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Sometimes it doesn't. But I, I definitely think as far as the, the field play is concerned, there are a lot of people that would love Sean McCoy back here instead of uh, Kiko Alonso, who's down in Miami. So that, that continues to be a, a thing that constantly comes up here. Looking forward to the action tonight in Philadelphia. The Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles. You can hear the pregame starting at 5 o'clock here on ESPN Rochester. We've been talking with John Barchard, who's the host of Bleeding Green Nation on our sister station, WIP in Philadelphia, the BGN radio podcast and the Eagles radio network pregame show. John, it was great having you on. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. Enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely. Next time, ask Sigmund about non-fantasy stuff because his mind is amazing. We have him on. All of the time. And Gene, seriously, dude, Steely Dan, come on, man. Come oh, on, man. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what do you like, John, if you're going to call me out on that? Uh, everything but Steely Dan, literally. <laughs> I would take Madonna over Steely Dan. I would take whatever over Steely Dan. Listen, John, the little yacht rock might help you in that area, John. Listen to some Steely Dan while he's oiling the teakwood (laughs) deck. It's get some get some Maynard in your life. Get some Daft Punk in your life. Get some uh, I don't know nothing anything but Steely Dan. Good Lord. I'd agree with you on both points, John, uh, on the Sigmund <laughs> point and the Gene point. Awesome having you on. John Barchard, our guest here in the Sports Bar. Talk to you soon, bud. Thanks, guys.